This is Mystic Takeaway, dishing up extraordinary real-life stories to inspire wonder and nourish the soul. I'm Elisa Graff. My guest today is Cyrielle, an actress living in Paris, who will share uplifting personal stories of divine support when she most needed it, and recounts meeting a colorful character decked out like a Christmas tree, giving free hugs on a street in London. Good to have you with us. It's a delight to have you on the program, Cyrielle. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, hi, Elisa. Thank you for having me. Uh, well, I'm Cyrielle. I'm, uh, I'm a French and I'm based in Paris. And I was raised uh, uh, in France, but uh, also in Africa when I was a kid. Okay. And uh, eastern part of Africa, western part of Africa, New Zealand. I used to live in Spain, in London. So this is really who I am. I'm a nomad. And now I'm based in Paris, but I'm still a nomad. No matter what, <laughs> even with the, the, the pandemic, I'm traveling. <laughs> it's pretty hard to give up that habit when you're used to it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It keeps you alive, <laughs> even in your head. Yes. What I wanted to share maybe today, um, I had deep thoughts about relationships, so I wanted maybe to share uh, some uh, little story that happens to me to help me go through relationship. And uh, I'm telling you about my nomadic fit because when you're traveling that much as a, as a kid, you don't have the basic of uh, of what is a, a group relationship, you know, a group of friends because you're moving all the time. You're changing yes. friends every year. Yes. So I uh, guess I was uh, growing up without knowing what it is to have a, a normal relationship with others except from my uh, siblings, my family. So I learned how to be in relationship with others through my different relationship in life, through my friendship later in life, through my partners later in life. And uh, it's quite a hard process, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, relationship, the masters say that it's one of the best ways to speed up your evolution <laughs> to be in a relationship, right? I mean, that's how we learn. Oh, my God, speed up. Uh, yeah, that, this is a good word. Really speed up uh, through problems and consciousness and, oh, my God, am I wrong? Am I that bad? Oh, it's... Oh, yeah, yeah I've realized that. When you're a kid, you don't ask yourself the, the question, um, is it normal or not? And afterwards, are I realized that because I was moving that much, I didn't know what it was a normal or proper relationship with others. Yeah. Was there a specific religious practice that your family was engaged with? or? Yeah, my parents were uh, deep Catholic, and uh, I have a deep Christian Catholic background, but in a way quite um, quite open. I mean, my parents are still really, really religious, but quite open, not uh, drastic. And um, I remember when um, uh, when I was a kid, we were obliged to go every Sunday to the, how do you say, Miss? The Mass. The Mass, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, choose my French. And, uh, <laughs> no, no, I, I love it. I love French accents. <laughs> and, uh, 
And uh, so it was like, ah, it was quite a burden because you're a kid and you don't want to spend an hour or so sitting down, listening to things you don't really understand. And right. uh, and uh, sometimes the cathedral or the church were beautiful, so it was good because I could observe everything. And I said, oh, that's nice. I love the, right. the deco and... Uh, and actually, right, the, the feeling—the feeling you get when you step into a real cathedral—I mean, like, it's incredible. The French cathedrals are just so special. The energy oh, is so powerful in them. Oh yeah, and uh, even abroad, um, n- not all of them. I didn't like all of them, but I remember I, because you you can't play as a kid, and the only thing I could uh, uh, put my focus on was the Bible. <laughs> So I was just inviting stories around some letters that I could read when I was able to oh, read. Nice. Yeah. But I, I was just in my head imagining uh, stuff. And But sometimes, you know, you're a kid, but I remember what I was telling myself as a kid. And I was bored. I was telling myself that I was bored. Then most of the people in the, in the church were actually lying to themselves, I remember. Like, I don't know why, they, why they're here, because they're just pretending to do something. But deep, deep down in themselves, they, this is not who they are. And sometimes some priests, I remember some of them, and I say, oh, my God, the priest is just like, it's like an actor. He's just looking at the way he's saying things or the way he was dressing up. It's a really great observation from a child's perspective, right? Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. That I'm really grateful that I remember that I, what I was saying to myself as a kid, I really remember that. <laughs> it's actually quite funny. And I remember that I realized that all of this was not a religion, it was just dogma. And I realized that really at a young age. And it's not that I don't like religion, I just don't like the dogma. I thought the religion and uh, the spirit and the good things were more of that, it's more not limited. So no, no, it's good to have a connection to your the inner child. I mean, you know, we all are trying to redevelop that, right? That's what getting older and wiser is all about. It's reconnecting to your inner child, right? Oh, yeah. And tell them that it's, uh, it's okay. Right. And tell them that uh, they are safe and we're going to take care of them. Yes. And... Um, and it's a good, I was talking about the relationship. Um, it's a good thing. I, I try to remember more and more. And uh, every time I'm, somebody's uh, behaving a certain way towards me, uh, now I'm telling myself, would I accept it if this person was behaving the same way as a kid as, as I was? Am I clear? Right. And if I don't think it's acceptable for the kid or the teenager I was, I don't think it's acceptable for me. Wow, that's a powerful way. Yeah, that's a powerful way to to get clear for yourself. That's a really nice and a nice practice. It's like you're uh, looking at yourself outside of yourself. Right. Well, mm. you're looking at the true self, you know? Yeah. Would you let this person behave this way or telling that kind of things to another person you you really care about sometimes you say no so why are you letting these people behaving this way yeah you know it's just the process i mean this is how i'm trying to learn boundaries you know 
yes, and, and yes. self-respect in a way. And uh, yeah, telling the kid that you were, that it's okay. We're going to do great things and we're going to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's an important part too, of course, right? Oh, yeah. How many of us as adults can really have fun anymore, right? It's, that's why you have to reconnect with the inner child again. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, and um, yeah, I think one of the stories I wanted to share is linked to that. Um, it's linked to the relationship with ourselves or the others. Um, I think it's a really nice one. Um, at that moment, I was uh, in a relationship with a man, and uh, it wasn't a, a re good relationship for me, not mm. really respectful in a sense, but I couldn't really realize that I was much younger. It and it was one of the one of the first real relationship I had with a man. Mm -hmm. Before that was more like small ones. Well, and I remember we were in Paris. Uh, my boyfriend at the time was English Australian, and he was living in London, and I was living part time in London with him. But at the moment we were in uh, in Paris, and we had uh, Australian friends who were celebrating their birthday in a beautiful place in Paris called Le Train Bleu. It's called, it means um, the blue train. And it's an absolute beautiful um, uh, restaurant within the train station, Gare de Lyon, in the center oh, of yes. Paris. And it's, uh, it's a train station. And this restaurant, it's from the beginning of the 20th century. Oh, beautiful. So uh, what we call Belle Epoque, and yeah. it's uh, absolutely gorgeous. And it, it was, uh, you know, the golden age of the uh, uh, railways and, uh, and train station. So it was quite grand, and the decorations are quite grand. So the ceilings are exceptionally uh, high. And on the all over the wall and the ceiling, and it's still the same, um, there's big painting of all the destination uh, you could go uh, from this uh, train station. From the Gare de Lyon. From the Gare de Lyon. So mm -hmm. it was sceneries from the south of France, uh, sceneries from the east of France, and uh, and the properties. So actually, it's like um, massive uh, paintings everywhere. And all the decorations are golden and beautifully done, and it has been really well preserved. So we, we were celebrating uh, the birthday of our friends, and it was a very big table with many, many people. And I remember I was at the uh, top end of, uh, of the table. My boyfriend was in the middle. People were uh, celebrated. And I was at the bottom, and I was uh, talking with people I didn't know was nice and it was um and it was a nice a joyful moment but like often uh, I didn't feel part of it uh -huh. and it was really linked to the relationship I had with this boyfriend so sometime I was just following you know the flow following my boyfriend was really always having dinners and meeting people and really uh, connected to uh, to uh, everybody but it was too much for me you know, uh, uh, right. I couldn't uh, see that much people all the time. 
Yeah, I like to be linked, but not. Uh, I didn't like that. That big dinner, uh, you have to shine. You have to be the king of the dinner. You have to um, to represent, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I've known that a lot with my parents because they have to throw parties. It was linked to their jobs okay. and dinners with important people and parties and blah blah blah. But it was nice. But uh, after a while, it was exhausting because it's like you're. You, you playing a role playing a role all the time so i was again in, the, in a huge dinner and um, everybody was laughing everybody was trying to shine more than the other etc etc and at some point in the middle of all these people i don't know maybe 30 or 40 people uh, I, I was just sitting quietly and i remember the feeling and it was a fantastic feeling I had. I was just looking at the painting in the ceiling and on the wall. And I was watching every painting saying, wow, that's nice. It's nice to, to be in the south of France. Oh, uh, east part of France is, uh, is beautiful as well. And I was uh, looking at each of them peacefully. And I remember this feeling to be, I was totally there, but not there at the moment. I wasn't with uh, the group anymore. But I was really present in the restaurant at the same time. I don't know if you see the feeling. I do. I think I can understand exactly what you mean. You were there, but you weren't there. Yeah, and it was a fantastic bubble and uh, that I created at that moment. And it was quite magical. I don't know. It was really powerful, how peaceful and nice. Because it was just I was surrounded by beauty. I was connected by this beauty. And the weird thing is that the whole time I was uh, watching that, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes passed, nobody went to bother me. Wow. You know, as, <laughs> you know at, some, at some point, some, somebody's, you know, is, uh, is going to talk to you to say something, right. or are you okay? Or, right. And, and I was so quiet, nobody bothered me. It's like I, I disappeared, but in a nice way, you know? Yes, yes. And um, just after that moment, somebody said, okay, let's do a, a photo of the group. And they took a photo. And sometime later, I received the, the photo. And I remember that it was exactly just after this peaceful moment. And um, that the, 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 picture, the picture was taken right after that peaceful moment. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And uh, I remember I, I talked to my closest friend about that moment and I showed her uh, the photo and I said, look, it was an incredible moment and uh, the, the, the photo has been taken. But look, it's weird. Behind my back, um, there is a light. And uh, I remember exactly the time of the day and I say, it looks like wings behind my back. And she looked at the photos and she said, oh, yeah, it really looked like wings. And I say, is that not incredible? And I say, is really these wings is linked to this moment? I, 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 I remember right now, like, I, I lived it. It was, uh, I think it was in 2012. Yes. It was nearly 10 years ago. And I asked to a friend with a, who were a, a photograph, and I say, well, it was that period of time, uh, that light, she knew the place, and I say, could you explain it to me? 
um, if is, this is possible to have a reflection of the light on my back. Uh, you know, I, I was trying to, <laughs> to understand, um, you know, uh, on, a, on a very concrete perspective, how this light and wings appeared to me behind my back. Yes, yes. And he said, no, I don't understand. According to the light and the position of the window, and because it was that time, I don't understand why. Because I had, I remember, a very flashy orange dress. So he said, that's really weird, and I don't understand why you have this light behind your back. Interesting. So um, uh, I always remember this moment because it was such a peaceful and great moment, and, uh, and it was like engraved. I don't know if you say engraved. Oh, engraved, yes. Yeah, in that picture, symbolized that picture with, uh, it's like I'm, I was wearing wings on my back. Amazing. And um, uh, the only time I, I, I felt the same way was um, I used to live in a, in a western part of Africa and this is a part of the Sahara Desert. And I felt this peacefulness uh, only in the desert. And it was very rare to feel that peaceful um, in the middle of the city. And I really put that in perspective with my relationship with my boyfriend. That was actually hard to live and quite stressful. And uh, yeah, this is uh, like a bubble in the time. It's like a gift that was given to me. Wow, it's um, really beautiful. I have another story, and it was the same with another boyfriend, and I had really hard and difficult relationship again. I was quite lost in this relationship again, and uh, I felt bad, and I, I keep asking myself if I was was me, uh, that I was uh, not right for a relationship or not good enough, not blah, blah, blah. And my boyfriend at the time was really jealous and really hard on me. So, of course, you're feeling guilty because you think you're not good enough. And people who are saying that they were supposed to love you, but actually are criticizing you all the time. So you, yeah. you're ending up believing it. And I remember it was on a Valentine's Day. And um, I was feeling bad. And, and we were with friends and uh, talking outside of the subway in the middle of Paris, not very far from where I live. And we were talking with the four of us, with friends, and it was freezing cold in February. And in this space in front of the subway, I heard a violinist playing. And while we were talking, I turned my head and I said, I never seen this violinist ever in my life here. This is a, a subway where I'm going nearly every day. And I say, I don't understand why he's playing violin in, a, in such a hallway of cold and wind. And, uh, and I don't know how we can play violin with a bare hand. And it was beautiful. And I was listening to him. And he was, again, and it's like I was there without being there because I was doing all this remark to myself, reflection to myself without being bothered by my friend, my boyfriend. And uh, I was listening to the music, and the guy looked weird. He, he looked almost albino. And I said, wow, 
what a weird violinist and what a, a weird place to play violin and what a weird period of time to play violin. And it was very nice and I felt instantly more cheer up. And at the same moment, I turned my head in direction of the exit of the subway and there were a big like graffiti where it was written, you are loved. Oh, and oh, I'm become emotional. I feel it too. Yeah. That's very powerful. Yeah. Sometimes we really need to remember that. Yeah. And I instantly linked the graffiti, you are loved. And it was, it's weird because it was written in English, actually. And we are in Paris. Ah, yes. You are loved. And I turned my head to the violinist. And at the same moment, he nod. It was weird. It was like, he was telling me, he was still playing, but he nod to me, looking at me, nodding, saying, you've seen, you've seen it. You are loved. It was how I felt it. Yes, it was, it was a package deal. <laughs> it was a package deal. And it really, really cheered me up. And every time I see You Are Loved, I always remember that with this violinist. And believe me or not, I never seen this violinist ever again in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but you were there at the right time and he was there at the right time. <laughs> yeah, because usually, you know, as a guitarist, especially at that exit of the subway, it's a big subway in Paris. Uh, it's always the same singer or guitarist player coming over and over again. Right. They have their places where they yeah, go their places. every day. Yeah. Yes. And this violinist, it was the first and only time I've seen it. Wow. On Valentine's Day. That's beautiful. Day. On Valentine's Day. What a beautiful message on Valentine's Day especially, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh. you are loved. Not maybe by your boyfriend, but you are loved. Definitely. <laughs> And I didn't take a picture that day, but I wanted to come back to take a picture of the You, you Are Loved graffiti. I came back the next day and it was gone. No, oh, wow. <laughs> Believe me, it was gone. That was, truly, that was truly a message for you. Yeah, that's and great. My, you know what it is, a graffiti is on the wall. So at the time, you know, the mayor or the people, you know, washing the, right. the subway. Right. They, Doing the work is really, really, uh, takes a really, really long time. No kidding. That's, an that's, that's totally crazy. I love that. Do you want to share whether or not you wrote that in or anything like that? Ben Crane confirmed that the wings were manifested by the Master Jesus. Oh, beautiful. And, um, yeah, and, you know, even without the conf confirmation, uh, I could really remember this, this experience. Yeah, this feeling and um, the you are loved and violinist moment. Um, they said that the violinist was a spokesperson of Master Jesus, and yeah, this is um, that confirmed that it was a real experience. But you can feel it in your bone. That's that yeah. it's something special because you feel different. Yeah, of course. And every time you you related to these little moments, it cheers you up. You know. Exactly. It really does transform you. It, it puts you in contact with some aspect of yourself and with the divine, maybe, that just there's an experience, right? An energy that you feel that you, you can't uh, deny. You know, it's very powerful. Extremely powerful. And the feeling is it goes back to the roots. 
And uh, we're talking about the inner child. It's like really like saying to a child, uh, you are loved, you know, this moment. That's okay. It's going to be okay. It feels like it's a doorway. It opens a doorway to another world. Oh, yeah, definitely. But it's a Huge real gift. World. Absolutely. It's, it's sometimes we forgot. <laughs> no, I know. And we have to remember these things, right? And it's <laughs> good that we're doing this interview today because uh, it makes me remember this fantastic stuff, uh, story that I lived and received. The, the, the last story I, uh, I want to share, actually, I o- always remember this story, but I was reading again the later I wrote uh, the very same day, not to forget anything. And I, just before I was reading my letter again, and uh, I became really emotional. <laughs> so and I said, oh, that's great, I'm doing this interview because I have to relive it again. And I say, how could... How can I forget some details that powerful, you know? Yeah. You understand what I mean? Yeah, I do. So you had another story. That yeah, I had mentioned. another story I, w- I would like to share. Again, it was linked to relationship with boyfriends. <laughs> and to the place where you really feel shitty. And uh, yeah, I was already out of this. Of um, Actually, I've done two really hard relationships in a row at that moment. Okay. And... One of the relationships I ended three years before the story I'm going to tell you. My ex-boyfriend was uh, still very angry. And for more than three years, he kept regularly sending me emails, quite cruel and nasty, insulting me. Wow, three years. For more than three years, almost four years. And so regularly, what I was thinking, it's every time something not good was happening in his life. It's like he was pouring his frustration and hate and in an email towards me. So regularly I was receiving emails and I wasn't opening the email anymore. I blocked him everywhere else, you know, on the WhatsApp, et cetera, et cetera, but not on email. And I remember I was in London at that time. I was doing a workshop there with a friend. And I had a fantastic day with my friend. We were working well and I was happy to to go back to London. At that time, I wasn't living in London anymore. Uh, and I was coming back for work and all workshop regularly. And we were in the center in Soho. And uh, we decided after this to celebrate our good day to have a drink in Soho with my friend. And during our drink, I checked my email and uh, I received again. Uh, a nasty email from my ex-boyfriend. I mean, it was nearly four years after the breakup. And even if I didn't read it, you know, you can still read the two first sentence and it was still a really, really nasty email. So and I said, that's okay. Uh, I, I say, that's okay. I had a great day. I don't want to you know, feel bad. And I'm having a great time with my friend and we were about to join another friend of mine in the center to have dinner. So we left the place we had a drink and we were on Old Quantum Street. And Old Quantum Street, it's uh, really in the center of Soho between um, Covent Garden and Soho. And so it's a center of bars and restaurants, really lively place. And uh, I, I think it was a Thursday or Friday night. But that night specifically was really joyful. 
uh, I don't know, there were spirits on the street. And uh, on our way to join my other friend on a cafe, and it was weird, it wasn't a bar, but it was a cafe on the corner, um, like not Starbucks coffee, but the same in London. And um, uh, sitting there, there were a guy playing guitar. And uh, he looked like a Spanish gypsy guy. And he was playing uh, uh, gypsy music, guitar like uh, the gypsy way. But at the same time, he looked Indian. So it was a quite a weird look. It was a Spanish gypsy, but Indian. And it, it was a beautiful music. And um, next to him, and they were together, sitting there again, there were a massive... Indian man wearing <laughs> a, a massive turban, um, colorful turban. Uh, but I mean, the turban was like nearly not a meter high, but half a meter high and with colors and uh, sparkling stuff. And I've seen this photograph. You took a picture, right? Did yeah, I took, I took a picture <laughs> and I tried to take a video. But the outfit looked looked like a Christmas tree. I mean, and yes. this Indian man was really massive, like really yes. big. And when he yeah. stood up, uh, he was really tall as well. And the turban was even taller. Wow. I mean, it was a very. <laughs> I mean, it, it was a really impressive disguise. I mean, how can can't you see this guy? Right and next to they, they can't walk past this person without no. stopping to look at them. Right? That's oh just... no. But, draws everybody's attention, right? Oh, my God, yes. And you, they were sitting next to the guy playing music. So how yeah. can't you see them? And when I saw them, nobody uh, seemed to notice them. So it was wow. quite, yeah, it was quite striking. But I, why I stopped? Because of the music. But I stopped because a massive Indian guy, Christmas tree Indian guy, had a cardboard on his chest a written free hug. <laughs> so I said, That's a spectacle. That's a real spectacle. Yeah. And he was sitting there watching the people going by and uh, a bit drunk. And it was nearly 10 at night, you know. And uh, so I stopped and he looked at me and I said, can I have a hug? He looked at me and, uh, and he said, you are smiling. You have a big smile. That's good. That's really good. You are beautiful. And uh, he stood up and uh, he gave me a big, big hug and saying, that's a hug for unconditional love. And, uh, and it was fantastic. And then it, it started talking. He was talking to me, but it was, uh, it's like he was talking to everybody at the same time, but without shouting. And uh, I, I wrote a letter about this, this thing. But what was strange at that moment, it's, he, he talked for quite a while, but I was listening very carefully to what he was saying. But at the same time, I couldn't remember, I couldn't remember what he said. That's mm. really weird. Mm. And believe me, I have a really good memory. So <laughs> it was like, Oh my God, it's like, it's, you don't have to remember really what I said. You just had to feel it. Yeah, yeah. Because afterwards I say, why? I can't remember what he said. You know, I could remember some, uh, 
some of what he said because he keeps repeating some some stuff. Yeah. Uh, what he said basically is like we are all one, we are all connected to each other, and at the same time we are unique individuals. Everything in the universe is connected and we are one. He kept repeating that and he, he was, I don't remember what he was saying exactly, but I remember he was saying at some point, we are all one connected with the ground, the sky, the air, the people here on the street, all the elements, we are just all one. And uh, he said, I don't need alcohol or drugs to be happy with unconditional love. It's, it's more than that. And he was saying, it's more than that. We are all one connected. And... Uh, I remember he kept repeating all the time, you are beautiful inside, outside. You are beautiful. You are beautiful. It was like, you know, the you are loved that I received. Yes, yes. And at the same time, the guy with the guitar kept uh, playing all the time. He was playing, looking at us, playing the guitar. And at one point, and believe me, uh, I mean, the voice is part of my job, um, he, he says with a voice that was really for me incantatory. Incantatory, you say? Yeah. It's like when he say this sentence, it's like the whole ground was shaking in a way. I don't know if you understand the mm -hmm. feeling. He say, yeah. I can see, I can see the vibration of love in all quantum streets. And it was, he had a big voice. I can see the vibrations of love in all quantum streets. And I really, I, I remember a bit of what he said, but more the feeling. It was a real feeling of uh, joy and uh, everything was vibrating. And oh my God, it was more than a bubble. Oh, I can feel it. I can feel it as you're talking about it. It's very beautiful, really. And, and it, was, it was really joyful. And my friends, I mean, the third friend joined us and I... I say to my friend, come and listen to him, come and listen to him. And he keep talking to them. My friend was a bit skeptical, uh, saying, oh, what is this character on the street? And I said, no, listen to him. That's really nice what he's saying. And uh, at some point, he hugged us, the three of us again. And uh, at that moment, it's like everybody was seeing him. Like uh... all the young people jump on him. Can we have a hug? Can we have a hug? And we left. And I wanted to come back. And I said to my friend, yeah, let's go to the restaurant. And I keep watching this, um, behind me. And I say, I want to go back there. I want to <laughs> still have a hug and listen to him. And uh, and then we, we've been to the restaurant. I didn't want to go to the restaurant. I wanted to stay with uh, with these two guys. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I, uh, I say, can we eat fast? And uh, and I I came back to this crossroad at uh, all Quantum Street, but they were left. But, oh, it was, yeah. but it was, again, a magical moment. And if I look at the point I was in my uh, life at that moment, and the three stories I told you was, again, a moment where I felt not really good with very bad relationship, bad with myself. And I received gifts like these bubbles saying that that's okay. Uh, you are loved. You are beautiful. And uh, and everything's okay. We are all one, and you're everything is connected. So it's more, like he said, it's more than that. Yes. And it's, and ob uh, obviously, it's stuck with you. And these these uh, experiences have really helped to shape 
who you've become. They're written into your story. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it gave me a lot of strengths. A lot of strengths. And I think it helped me to grow more. And I think everybody can relate to the, the feeling that you feel really shitty about yourselves and you don't ha understand how to relate to the other people, your partner, your husband, your wife, or your kids. And if you come back to the bottom of all of that, that's okay. We are all beautiful. We are all loved. Really. I mean, it's that simple sometimes. These are great stories. I love the, that you, you've got this thread going through all three stories, you know, the same thread, the same theme. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's a real gift. I, uh, yeah, I receive and very joyful all the time. That's really joyful. That the really is the bottom of all of this. It's, um, it was quiet, serene, beautiful, and joyful. Mm -hmm. all the three of them. I had beautiful paintings the first time. I had beautiful music second time. And I have a massive amount of joy and vibration the third time. So it's all linked to beauty, actually. We have these great photographs that you also shared with Share International, right? So I've seen, I know that this character has been in other places and other people have also seen him, this um giant Indian-looking man with the Christmas tree decorations all over him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, he was you know, on a demonstration uh, a few months before the encounter I had. Yeah, uh, in all country. It wasn't a demonstration, peaceful demonstration. And then he was uh, with his friend playing guitar on a bar. <laughs> yeah, I remember reading that story, and I was so inspired and so excited by it. What in the end, what, what did Benjamin Crenna say about him again? Uh, he said that the, the guitarist was Mitria in Another Guys, and the big, in, big uh, Indian guy was Maitreya as well. Both of oh, them right. were, were Maitreya and saying, Beware, Maitreya is not always in this shape, it's just a guy. Right. This is what he said. <laughs> Don't That's expect incredible. him to be at Christmas tree all the time. Right, exactly. Oh, that's amazing. Well, you know, that, that picture, I had it on my phone, but it wasn't my screen picture. You know, it was just a normal, I had it somewhere on my phone. It was there and I could pull it up if I wanted to look at it. And one day I was sitting at the table with a group of people for dinner and my son sent me a text. He was in the south of France with his girlfriend kite surfing off the coast He'd had a very bad experience because he was using a kite that was too big for him. Yeah. He got pulled four kilometers off the coast. Oh, my God. Yeah. And uh, they had hired a boat to pick them up if they got too far away. But the boat didn't see my son. So he had to wait 20 minutes or something like that while he was treading water four kilometers off the coast of the of France. That's really and scary, yeah. It, it was really scary. So he, he sent me a text because he, he did get rescued. His girlfriend saw it. She ran back and she, she got the guy to go with the boat to get him, but he had to tread water because he was just like in the water. And um, there are big waves and it was very dangerous. Um, and he came out and he sent me a text and he said, I don't know if I'm ever going to go kite surfing again. 
as soon as I read that text, I felt like, oh my God, what was that? And the moment I put my phone down, that picture came up. Oh my God, you see. <laughs> and I felt like Maitreya had been looking after him. You know, I mean, I, we've had oh, a lot I'm of those kinds cry. of things. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're all very connected. You we're see, well. that's what he said. You know, that's yeah. what he said. We're all connected. Yes. I was just me passing by, but it could have been some other people, you know, yeah. sharing yeah. these photos. So it means that we're all connected. We're all connected. That's right. Yeah. And I think it's really important right now. I mean, talking about the pandemic, etc. but it's more than that, in my opinion. I mean, I don't know what's going on behind that, but people really need to, to be um, cheer up and warm, you know, warm in every sense of the term yes, right now. Absolutely. Yes. Or really feel like they need a, a big blanket around them of uh, consideration and, uh, and uh, to be listened and to be um, loved and, uh, and secured. This is a, really the feeling I have right now. And yeah, people who are really angry right now or frustrated and people you're not fighting, it's because they are not warm or listen or considerate or enough. I think that all the division that we're seeing is a is a very painful thing for all of us, for all of humanity. You know, we see this polarity and people fighting each other and um, it's a time we all have suffered through, right? We're all suffering. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So we need to keep warm. <laughs> we need to keep warm. That's and right. out of the water, like your son. <laughs> yes, exactly. Out of the water. This oh, has been such a nice conversation. I really enjoyed it, Cyril. Thank oh, you me too, so Alisa. Oh, my great pleasure. Thank you mm -hmm. for having me. You've been listening to Mystic Takeaway. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and sharing it with others. Thanks for listening. Oh,